Should the transformation question make me feel guilty? I'm Jean Wyland, but it's all about him. Welcome to a fun place to get serious about Bible study. You know, guilt is no fun. We hate it. And praise God in Christ, all our guilt and shame have been nailed to the cross. We bear them no more. So why do we still feel guilty? And should the third step in the transformational Bible study method make us feel guilty? The transformation question asks, if I believe and act on what God's word has revealed, the passage that we're studying has revealed, how will the attitudes and motivations of my heart be changed and my actions be different tomorrow? In other words, what does it look like to truly believe and respond to God's word with pure faith? It's not hard to see why we feel guilty whenever we ask this question. We know that if we truly believe God is sovereign over everything that touches our lives, we will not fear when trials come. We'll count it all joy instead. But the fact that we're not counting it all joy should not and is not designed to heap guilt on us. Consider the whole passage of James 1, 2-4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James didn't say, because you are perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. He said that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. He didn't say that the testing of our faith produced steadfastness as if the process is completely over. He said it produces steadfastness. This is an ongoing work. The sanctification process, this process of becoming more like Christ, it is an ongoing, lifelong process process. And this question about what it looks like when we truly believe gives us our goal. How can we become perfect and complete lacking in nothing if we don't even know what that looks like? How will we know if we've reached it or not? This question shows us what it looks like. The first part of the verse gives us our first red flag if we're veering off the path of what James is teaching in this passage. If we're not counting it all joy, we already know something is wrong with our faith. It's a little red flag. This is not the time to beat ourselves up and call ourselves, you know, Christian losers. Christ bore all our guilt and shame on the cross. It is finished. Let's not drag it back off and wear it. Satan wants us to be consumed with guilt. God wants us to let our conscience prick our awareness that something is off in our faith and turn to him, not grovel in guilt and shame. Let's run to his throne of grace where we will find mercy in our time of need. And we need him every hour, every minute, every second. And we will find him. We will find his grace and mercy. God does not expect us to be perfect from the moment we are saved. There are some people who teach that. They teach sinless perfectionism, but it is not biblical. So God does not expect us to be perfect the moment we get saved, but to trust him for his sanctification process, his work in our hearts through his word, by the power of his spirit, 
who lives in us and works to shape and mold us to be more like Christ. The more we understand and believe in the truth of God's sovereignty, the more we will trust in him without panic and fretting, no matter what happens. But it's a process to get there. Consider our beloved prophet Habakkuk. He showed us that our hearts may tremble and our knees still wobble when trouble knocks on or knocks down our front door. But God never rebuked Habakkuk for his weak knees because even while Habakkuk trembled, he kept his eyes fixed on the Lord, on the truth of his word. He went to the Lord. to He climbed up to that tower of faith to see from the Lord, how will you answer my complaints, my fears, my worries, my, mis- my confusion? How will you answer me and set my mind straight on truth? That's what this third question does. It, it helps us run to the Lord to set our mind on the truth, to get the right goal. So therefore, we don't need to answer the third question, the transformation question, and feel guilty that we're not already perfect in our faith. Instead, let's rejoice in the God of our salvation like Habakkuk because he has promised to work in us everything that we need to do his will. This question should give us hope because it shows us what our hearts will look like one day when God and his word have worked into us the faith to believe the truth and we have worked it out in our lives as we let God's word do its perfect work in our hearts to truly believe God in his word. Whenever guilt grips at your heart, I want you to remember what Philippians 1, 6 assures us. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He will do it, but it won't be completed today unless today's the day of Christ's return. Then all his children will be complete. Until then, let's cling to this truth and to the promise of Philippians 2.13 that God is the one who's working in us. He gives us the desire and the power to do what pleases him. He works through his word by his Holy Spirit. Embrace this truth. Don't let the fact that you're not where you want to be yet make you feel guilty. Remember, you may not be where you want to be, but praise God, you are not where you once were, lost without Christ and without hope if you belong to him. If you don't belong to Christ, you still bear all your guilt and shame, every bit of it. Come to Christ. Trust in him. He died to pay for your sins, for the sins of all who believe in him, and to set us free from our guilt and shame. We can't get free or make ourselves like Christ in our own strength. We will fail over and over again. Christ said in John fifteen five, apart from me, you can do nothing nothing. Now that's pretty encompassing. So when you answer the question, that transformation question, and it's clear to you that you are not walking like someone who believes the truth that you just studied in that passage, let that serve as a gentle alarm bell from the Holy Spirit to call your attention to the area of faith, to areas of faith maybe, that still need to grow, that still need strengthening, or maybe areas where there's a gap in your knowledge about God, Christ, or the Holy Spirit and his word, or areas of rebellion where you do know, but you refuse to obey or trust him. I have been so guilty. Let's respond to this alarm bell or red flag by praying for God to open our eyes to what is lacking in our understanding, belief, or obedience to the truth. 
and let's become a student of the word. God teaches us all we need to know through his word. Everything we need to know for spiritual growth is in the Bible. God's word transforms our hearts. Don't rush the process. Study it to know who God is. Delight in him. I promise that as you truly seek to know him through his word, you will be transformed. You will begin to change without even trying because your love for him will move you to respond to his word with obedience. God is not shaking his finger at us when we fail to be perfect. He knows we're human. He created us and he's the one who told us the remaining sin in us makes us stumble. But he said in Jude one twenty four, he is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. Trust him. Don't let Satan or your own heart cause the transformation question to heap guilt on you. Ask the Lord why you feel guilty and embrace his forgiveness and his faithful process of shaping you into a glorious reflection of his son, Jesus Christ. First Thessalonians 5.24 promises, he who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard, share it with others. Hit the subscribe button and write a review on your favorite podcast app. I'm Jean Wyland, but it's all about him. Thank you.